Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Between 1951 and 1955, when Martin Luther King Jr. was attending Boston University's School of Theology, he and Coretta Scott King attended church here at Arlington Street. The senior minister, my mentor, Reverend Dr. Dana McLean Greeley, later became a trusted colleague, ally, and friend. In 1965, when Dr. King desperately needed reinforcements in Selma, he called on Dr. Greeley, by then president of the Unitarian Universalist Association, who rallied Unitarian Universalist ministers from across the country to converge in Alabama including our own Reverend James Reeb, whose murder by white segregationists there helped fuel the passage of the Voting Rights Act. What were the kings, convicted Southern Baptists, doing here at Arlington Street? Dr. King writes, in my senior year at seminary, I engaged in the exciting reading of various theologies. Having been raised in a rather strict fundamentalist tradition, I was occasionally shocked when my intellectual journey carried me through new and sometimes complex doctrinal lands and knocked me out of my dogmatic slumber. There are aspects of liberalism that I hope to cherish always. He says, it's devotion to the search for truth, it's insistence on an open and analytical mind, and it's refusal to abandon the best lights of reason. The contribution of liberalism to the historical criticism of biblical literature has been of immeasurable value and should be defended with religious and scientific passion. But, he adds, I beg to question the liberal doctrine of man. The more I observe the tragedies of history and man's shameful inclination to choose the low road, the more I came to see the depths and strengths of sin. Moreover, I came to recognize the glaring reality of collective evil. I also came to see that the optimism of liberalism concerning human nature overlooked the fact that reason is darkened by sin. And so, though he never returned to the neo-orthodoxy of his upbringing, Dr. King could not remain here theologically. He found our optimism about human character 
to be insufficient to the profound evil he witnessed and experienced. I remain deeply chastened by this fact. Some of you know our beloved intern minister, Katie Scudera, whom we ordained here and who now serves our congregation in Needham, Massachusetts. Katie dedicated her master's thesis at Harvard Divinity School to the subject of a liberal theology of evil, on which I should say she drew heavily in 2013 when preaching in the wake of the Boston Marathon bombing. This is an important topic, this question of evil, and one to which I'll return another Sunday. This morning, though, I'm thinking about an idea to which Dr. King returned often throughout his career, a directive he heard here and admired in our theology, and which came to serve him as he served the world. He named it the importance of being creatively maladjusted. We are called, he said, to be people of conviction, not conformity, of moral nobility, not respectability. We are called to be creatively maladjusted. In 1966, when Dr. King spoke to the General Assembly of Unitarian Universalists in Hollywood, Florida, he titled his talk, Don't Sleep Through the Revolution. I want to share his opening paragraph, which so beautifully expresses Dr. King's deep sense of connectedness to us, and then go to the final paragraphs of his address, where he speaks about creative maladjustment. He begins, I need not pause to say how delighted I am to be here tonight and to have the privilege of being with you for this important meeting. There are wonderful moments in life when you speak before a group that is so near and dear to you that you don't feel like you have to engage in the art of persuasion. You don't feel like you are in the midst of strangers. You know that you are with friends. I can assure you that I feel that way tonight. And here's a little close of Don't Sleep Through the Revolution. I talk a great deal about the need for a kind of divine discontent, he says. Modern psychology has a word that has become common, the word maladjusted. I must say to you this evening, my friends, there are some things in, which are in our nation and in our world to which I am proud to be maladjusted. And I call upon you to be maladjusted and all people of goodwill to be maladjusted to these things until the good society is realized. I never attend to adjust myself to segregation and discrimination. I never intend to become adjusted to religious bigotry. I never intend to adjust myself to economic conditions that will take necessities from the many 
to give luxuries to the few and leave millions of people perishing on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of prosperity. I must honestly say, however much criticism it brings, that I never intend to adjust myself to the madness of militarism. It is no longer a choice between nonviolence and violence. It is now a choice between nonviolence and non-existence. Yes, I must confess that I believe firmly that our world is in dire need of a new organization. The International Association for the Advancement of Creative Maladjustment. People as maladjusted as the prophet Amos, who in the midst of the injustices of his day, cried out in words that echo across the century, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. As maladjusted as Abraham Lincoln, who had the vision to see that this nation could not survive half slave and half free. As maladjusted as Thomas Jefferson, who in the midst of an age amazingly adjusted to slavery, cried and words lifted to cosmic proportions, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Echoing across the better part of six decades now, the question before us this morning is what does it mean? What does it mean for us, for each one of us, to be creatively maladjusted? I have three responses. First and foremost, to be creatively maladjusted demands of us clear seeing. To look with vision unclouded by optimism or pessimism, unclouded by hope or despair. Arlington Street member of blessed memory, James Luther Adams, the 20th century's greatest Unitarian Universalist theologian, proclaimed, revelation is not sealed. We are called to devote ourselves both to truth and to new truths, to live not with surety, but with conviction. Secondly, to be creatively maladjusted means that not only do we see clearly, but we act. This, of course, is one of our faith tradition's greatest contributions to the spiritual life, that we apply our theology not only for an hour on Sunday mornings, but in our everyday lives, and that we do not settle, that no one is free until all of us are free. As the contentious Irish playwright George Bernard Shaw wrote, you see things 
and you say, why? But I dream things that never were, and I say, why not? And finally, of course, to be creatively maladjusted is to cast our lot with the power of love. To love in spite of everything is to be countercultural. Countercultural, which is first and foremost to forsake violence as a means to an end. As Dr. King conceptualized the challenge, he said, I believe we will have to find the militant middle between riots on the one hand and weak and timid supplication for justice on the other hand. Civil disobedience, he argued, could be aggressive but nonviolent. Each of us is called to embrace and cultivate the spirit of nonviolent revolution and to be determined to act in the spirit of love. In The Progressive, professor of history Yohuru Williams writes, Dr. King's words command our attention, linking in a powerful way a seemingly disparate collection of social justice struggles. When we cannot depend on government officials to deliver on the promises of our founding principles, the call for creative maladjustment commits us to seek solutions outside the system while pressuring it to respond to legitimate demands. Dr. King exhorts us to find constructive intersections of conversation and to use dislocation as a catalyst for social engagement that seeks new pathways to combat racism, economic inequality, and oppression. His desire for scholarship that seizes on chaos and disorder to provide forward-thinking solutions to these scourges echoes with powerful resonance in our own time. One year after his speech at our General Assembly, Dr. King gave the keynote address to the annual meeting of the American Psychological Association. He concluded, I confess that these have been very difficult days for me personally. And these have been very difficult days for every civil rights leader, for every lover of justice and peace. But I have not lost hope. Through creative maladjustment, May we be able to emerge from the bleak and desolate midnight of man's inhumanity to man into the bright and glittering daybreak of freedom and justice. Beloved spiritual companions, may we see clearly. May we act. And may we choose love, 
dedicating ourselves to carrying forward the great tenets of Dr. King's life, and especially watching for those things to which we should not be adjusted. I close with words he spoke as he preached about the dream. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free someday. So may it be. Amen. And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart in namaste. I bow to the divine in you. The words of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. What the United States needs is a divine discontent. The saving of our world from pending doom will come not through the complacent adjustment of the conforming majority, but through the creative maladjustment of a non-conforming minority. The challenge to you, to you and to me and to all of us, is to be creatively maladjusted. Let us keep this faith, beloveds, and pass it on. The service begins when the service ends. Bless your hearts. I love you. Amen. ASCBoston.org.
for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace.